Journey into comics. Poor 360. Journey into wrestling. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcastrophy. Kids for Sale. Voice Survival Podcast. Crucial Tunes. Gallif Radio. Breeze with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or at journeyintocomics.com. The following, the following, journey into comics, 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 network, 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 production, production. Dave here with Dungeon with Dudes, and you're listening. This is Dave with Dungeon with Dudes, and you're listening to the best of the week. (laughs) And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Journey into Comics. Yesterday was Sunday, guys, and the Super Bowl happened. Super boring. Super boring 53 happened, and the Patriots win. No surprise. They've collected all six um, NFL championship stones uh, with the help of their Black Order, Roger Goodell, and the NFL referees. Uh, This overall was just a stinking pile of horseshit. I don't really talk sports. But, man, come on. I'm sick of seeing the fucking Patriots win it all, man. It's just they're not, I hate to say it, they're not that good of a team. In the regular season, they're losing to under 500 teams that didn't make the playoffs, and then they win the Super Bowl. And they only really technically could have put up three points if there wouldn't have been some crazy penalties called and a couple you know, tiny mistakes. It's just weird to me, I guess. Sure, there's a legacy to be had, but man, don't you guys remember uh, the MVP got busted for PEDs at the beginning of the year. He shouldn't have even fucking played in the Super Bowl. He should have been suspended for performance-enhancing drugs, but they did not suspend him. Alas, I don't know what to think about that. So, we've actually got some other news to pull up here. I've got it on my trusty, dusty lap tip roo. So I'm going to pop it up. Let's get it popping right now for you guys. Eh? I think so. We, uh, let's see. By the way, I just want to mention, I just plotted out in July 1st, 2019, Journey into Comics 250. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to do something, you motherfucks. All right, man, let's get into it. Uh, here's a little bit of news and no real particular order. Well, I mean, there is some order, but anyways, uh, there was a current filing and with this filing, it showed what they believe is, it it wasn't a belief. It was under Mr. Iger's leadership. Disney has created a, uh, it's just talking about investments. And one thing that's noted on the key FY18 achievements was the 21st Century Fox acquisition, and it says, quote, entered into a revised agreement to acquire 21st Century Fox for $38 a share with cash or stock optionality for shareholders. Expected deal will close before June of 2019. So we've only got about four months now, and we're going to be getting the official word on the uh, arrival of all the Fox properties back to Marvel and Star Wars back to Disney. It's an exciting time, man. I'm looking forward to it. We've spent a lot of time talking about this, uh, you know, deal coming to an end. So it's going to be nice to finally close that chapter and, and call it complete. 
I feel like this is the year of completionism. We're going to get the end of the Robert Mueller report. We're going to get the end of the Trump presidency. We're going to get, you know, the end of the Disney acquisition of Fox. We're going to get the, you know, the the end to fucking world hunger. I don't. I hope that last one's true. But you know, there's a lot of things coming to an end this year. So uh, the end of uh, Game of Thrones. Fucking the end of the fucking first part of the MCU's creation and the and the the first major overarching story. Uh, it's crazy time. Speaking of Marvel and what's going on, uh, at the they did a thing for Stan Lee celebrating his life. They caught up with Sean Gunn, that's James Gunn's brother, and he pretty much just said, you know, and and this is a little bit of a mini tangent with some of the stuff. He pretty much just said, uh, well, my bro is doing Suicide Squad 2 right now, which I'm really excited about, and I know he's really excited about. I don't know what's going on beyond that. I mean, Guardians 3 is going to get made. We're going to make that movie. We'll figure out what happens there. But you know everything ends up having a way of working itself out, I think. Maybe there's some optimism there. I tell you what, there's a really funny thing that happened. Some fake news site, or it wasn't really a fake news site. It was actually fake news mags on Twitter. Uh, Hi, Disney Studios, Marvel Studios. Please hire someone for Guardians of the Galaxy already. I vote Edgar Wright, Philip Lord, Chris Miller, or Taika Waititi, and I would be happy to explain these suggestions. Edgar Wright responded with, I'd like to throw in this suggestion too, at James Gunn. Chris Miller said he would be a good fit tonally. And Taika Waititi said, agreed, James Miller would bring a fresh energy and style that the first two films were lacking. I love the sarcasticness of this because they know how fucking wrong this was for them to do James Gunn like this. And it's just like, what can you do other than just show support and solidarity for one of your own, man? He didn't do anything wrong. What if that had been Taika Waititi? Do you think people would have abandoned him? I don't think so. I think that Marvel needs to consider what they're doing, and I've said it a million times on this show. Marvel needs to consider what they're doing. Maybe let Guardians director James Gunn do Suicide Squad 2. Let it get made. And then as soon as it's done, be like, look, man, we want you back. We made a mistake. We're sorry. We fucked up. Oops. Because right now, if you swoop them in, it almost looks like you're just shining to Shanghai. Uh, but, you know, of course, another thing is, who knows if this movie will even get made? Some of these movies that DC's been putting together aren't all going to necessarily make the chopping block. We'll see if we get the Joker movie. I mean, we're supposed to this year, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, more news coming on. Because another person talks about it. Chris Pratt promised a third Guardians film sooner or later. Confirming the release is a matter of when, not if. He says, I promise there'll be a third movie. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I know everyone on board is eager to give the fans what they want and wrap up a trilogy in a meaningful way. We're, st- we're still circling the city of Jericho, I like to say. There's a... Oh, okay, okay. They, they bring back up the thing that all the actors shared in solidarity. I like to think that James Gunn could get brought back for this. And I think that'd be something that would be very, 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 very smart. You know, uh, one thing James Gunn created was Xandar. I mean, in the MCU anyways. And some people think that's going to be the key to defeating Thanos. Um, 
Let's see here. Uh, since there was only one stone gathered off screen, one recent fan theory thinks that it will not only be that will make its only on-screen appearance in in-game, and it'll be it'll end up being the way that good guys take down Thanos once and for all. Online sharer W2AMIT said the theory thinks that the logo Marvel Studios chose to change up the color for the logo, drawing inspiration from the Power Stone itself. With the theory meaning the Power Stone will be a way to stop Thanos, that means the Avengers will probably need to go back in time before the Estranged Eternal first gathers it. Ooh. So, essentially, what we saw in the first Guardians movie when that first Eternal is holding the, the staff and destroying that planet, they're going to have to go before then. That's interesting. So, here's what the theory says. It says, first appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy, the stone was transferred into the possession of the Nova Corps by, on Xandar by the end of the movie. Speaking of the in-canon timeline, the first Guardians film took place somewhere in the year 2014. We know that Thanos waited until the death of Odin, Anthony Hopkins, to begin collecting the stones, which presumably happened sometime in 2017. This gives the Avengers and Guardians a rather large window to go back in time where they know the stone has been kept. Of course, after they get to Xandar, the story completely left to speculation since we know virtually nothing about the plot of the film. Virtually anything is possible. Should they go to Xandar around 2014 to try to protect the Power Stone, one would think that Thanos would find out somehow and try to get his hand on the first stone a little earlier, which in turn could feature an appearance by Odin arriving to help out. More likely than not, however, those wishing to stop Thanos will time travel to Xandar immediately before he gets the Power Stone. If this were the case, it'd be more than likely to be the culmination battle at the end. If they travel back to 2014, it means they those killed by Thanos, Gamora, Loki, and those dusted away would be alive again, providing an opportunity for the entire MCU as we know it to converge on Xandar for a screen-busting battle. Oh man, that would be bitchin'. I would like to see it. Ami, no. The great question, though, is with the Power Stone not being seen, uh, taken in the first movie, uh, the importance of the Power Stone and Xandar, could we see a Nova come out of this? And I like it. So, apparently there's a previously unannounced Hunter Parrish uh, role in Captain Marvel. Parrish was in Captain Marvel, and the Weeds alum apparently had a rather significant role in the film, at least according to user trouble the trouble dude user twitter user the trouble dude an apparent rogue disney employee that sat in on the screening uh so he's one of the best and most important appearances in the movie captain marvel i can be warned for this so man it could be a richard Ryder. that would be the shit i'm not really sure though folks Let's talk about it. Uh, that's dumb. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the cool thing that happened. Oh, yeah. We got 30 seconds, folks. Let's talk about 30 seconds for longer than 30 seconds. How about as uh, we got a new Super Bowl trailer for the Avengers Endgame. Okay. Right out the gate, I want to mention they do a really good job of quickly showing you everybody who has been dusted before they actually show any new footage. And I mean, they show everybody who gets dusted so ultimately fast. And I mean, it's like less than five seconds you see 
And I'm going to go through the list in mostly the order. You see Wasp, Nick Fury, Spider-Man, Falcon, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, and Vision. Boom, 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 in like two seconds, okay? So they quickly get rid of everybody in just the blink of an eye. And then we go back to it, and then it's the 10-year studio thing fading away. Looks like New York. Everything looks like shit. It's not good there, City Field. No one's there. Where do we go now that they're gone on a poster? There are seven shadows. Does that signify something? We'll have to see. There are people in a meeting. You can't really see who's all in there. Uh, but we know ultimately that Steve Rogers is in some sort of rehabilitation for emotional distress or PTSD. You see Tony and Nebula working on the ship. Maybe that's how Tony gets back from outside space. They actually figure a way to get home. Uh, you see the Avengers uh, walking from Avengers Tower looking up in the sky at something. Could this be Captain Marvel? Could this be Tony and Nebula with Benatar, the ship? Could it be something we're totally not expecting like Thanos? Uh, but you got Rhodey there, Banner, Captain America, Black Widow, and then it seems like there would be another person standing there. They're blinked out. Maybe that's somebody we're not supposed to see. Maybe it's Captain Marvel or vice versa. Maybe it's Tony Stark and Captain Marvel's coming. We'll have to see. I'm not really sure here. Uh, now, there's a really cool shot of Rocket, and he is actually in his OG-like blue with red stripe and red button jumpsuit type thing. I guess it's going to be from Wakanda. It would be my guess. Um, like drab like that. Um, but it's very much like his original costume in the comics. So that's pretty nifty. Well, one of his original costumes comics. You got Black Widow shooting a gun here, shooting at the target. Then it's, oh, it's Ant-Man, Scott Lang, and Rhodey both putting their helmets on, getting ready for something. Thor looking forlorn and then walking. He has something in his hand that looks kind of like maybe an umbrella. Maybe it's something else. I'm not really sure. Uh, there was... Hawkeye looking up and a little bit distressed, not sure what the fuck's about to befall him, and Captain America removing his shield from his arm, or tightening it, it looks like. And then there's some silhouettes, and I can't make out everybody, but it looks like it's Cap, uh, Rhodey, Black Widow, Banner, uh, Ant-Man... And Rocket Raccoon, all in Avengers Tower, walking. And then it says April. See, it's not very long, folks, but man, it gives you a lot in that really short time. Uh, it makes me really excited for this movie. I cannot wait for Avengers Endgame. I've said it like every single time there's any footage or knowledge or anything about the movie. I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucking so excited. Bring me more. You know, ultimately, I think... It's one of those movies where I am a little bit terrified, much like Aquaman. You know, I don't want them to let me down. I don't want it to be a sucky movie, and it's possible. Avengers Endgame could be a shit movie. Crazy, and that kind of gave me an idea for what I wanted to talk about for this week. So I put a poll up there. I remember 
the one topic that ended up winning out was on global warming, or is commonly referred to as climate change. Now, it's a pretty divisive topic because in the political sphere and in just the world, there are people who disagree with it. There are people that attribute global warming and then see crazy cold temperatures and say, how can it be global warming if we're getting this? Like the polar vortex, people like, you saw that last week when uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump tweeted out, um... Polar vortex about the polar vortex in the Midwest and saying where's the global warming we could use it like because global warming is not really a global warming it's climate change it's showing the because of the effects of the climate change it's causing more major weather events like droughts forest fires crazy like hurricanes winter anomalies it's all of this stuff that's happening it's kind of like we're getting a mild version of the movie Day After Tomorrow but. I digress. So, like I said, the winning of the poll was global warming or climate change. Both are pretty synonymous with each other. I think climate change is the preferred terminology, but I think everyone still calls it global warming. Remember, uh, former presidential nominee and vice president Al Gore released An Inconvenient Truth and then an Inconvenient Sequel, or I can't remember what he actually called it, Truth 2, Electric Boogaloo. I don't remember what he called it, but... I've not seen either of those movies, so I can't talk about them. I have no real context. But, so, kind of, this is just kind of a summary of what global warming is, and then I'll kind of go into the controversy around it, uh, people who have climate change denial, and then some of the major effects of global warming. And feel free to make your own opinion. This show, like I said, it's always about learning. I'm finding information, I'm telling you guys, we each can take our own... Uh, knowledge from this and keep searching out more and see if it either strengthens your feelings if you disagree with it completely that's entirely your prerogative I'm just here to give out some information and see kind of what you guys think so like this this is all kind of from Wikipedia and just stuff I've gathered during my research for this so global warming is a long-term rise in the average temperature of the Earth's climate system, an aspect of climate change shown by temperature measurements and by multiple effects of the warming. The term kind of refers to the mainly human-caused observed warming since pre-industrial times and its projected continuation. There was also much earlier periods of global warming in the modern context of the term. Global warming and climate change are commonly used interchangeably, but climate change includes both global warming and its effects, such as changes in precipitation and impacts that differ by region. Many of the observed warming changes since the 1950s are unprecedented in the instrumental temperature record and is historically and paleoclimate proxy records of climate change over thousands of millions to years. Over thousands to millions of years, sorry. In 2013, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, fifth assessment report concluded it is extremely likely that human influence has been the dominant cause of the observed warming since the mid-20th century. The largest human influence has been the emission of greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. In view of the dominant role of the human activity in causing it, the phenomenon is sometimes called anthropogenic, global warming or anthropogenic climate change. Climate model projections summarized in this report indicated that during the 21st century, the global surface temperature is likely to rise a further 0.3 to 1.7 degrees Celsius or 0.5 to 3.1 degrees Fahrenheit, to 2.6 to 4.8 C, or 4.7 to 8.6 Fahrenheit, depending on the rate of greenhouse gas emissions. 
These findings have been recognized by the National Science Academies of the major industrialized nations and are not disputed by any scientific body of national or international standing. Further climate change and associated impacts will differ from region to region. Ongoing anticipated effects include rising sea levels, changing precipitation, and expansion of deserts in the subtropics, further warming expected to be greater over land than over the oceans, and greater in, greatest in the Arctic. With the continuing retreat of glaciers, permafrost, and sea ice, other likely known changes include more frequent extreme weather events such as heat waves, droughts, wildfires, heavy rainfall with floods, and heavy snowfall. Ocean acidification and massive extinction of species due to the shifting temperature regimes. Effects significant to human include the threat to food security from decreasing crop yields and the abandonment of populated areas due to rising sea levels. Because the climate system is a large inertia and greenhouse gases will remain in the atmosphere for a long time, many of these effects will persist not only for decades or centuries, but tens of thousands of years. Possible style responses to global warming include mitigation by emission reduction, adaption to its effects, building system resilience to its effects, and possible future climate engineering. Most countries are part of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, or the UNFCC, whose ultimate objective is to prevent dangerous anthropogenic climate change. Parties to the UNFCCC have agreed that deep cuts in emissions are required and that global warming should be limited to well below 2 degrees Fahrenheit, or 2 degrees C, 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, compared to the pre-industrial levels with efforts made to limit warming to 1.5C to 2.7F. Some scientists call into question climate adaption feasibility with higher emission scenarios in, or the 2-degree temperature target. Public reactions to global warming concern about its effects are also increasing. A global 2015 Pew Research Center report showed that a median of 50% of to all respondents asked considered a very serious problem significant regional differences exist with Americans and Chinese the economies are responsible for the greatest annual CO2 emissions among the least concerned. Which isn't that surprising. We definitely abuse our fair share of CO2 emissions. And I know there's been... I don't know all the facts here. Like I said, this is still a learning thing for me. But I've read, and even as far back as middle school, heard like the discussion of climate change and our using of fossil fuels. And how I remember like in 7th grade science class about how... At the rate of consumption of fossil fuels, we will be, I think, out of fossil fuels by 2050. I don't think that's necessarily the case now because I haven't heard much of it in terms of, like, if anything, gas prices have gone down as supplies have come up. But there's still a finite amount of, of fossil fuels available, so that's something we'll still have to deal with and eventually gas prices go up. Like, remember in the movie I Am Legend how gas prices were, like, 10 or $11 when it did its small future jump about what happened, but that never really happened. Like, it seems like... Things have shifted slightly, but it was the projector we were on, and we know that the Earth will kind of balance itself out. It goes through like ice ages and many major weather events to kind of shift things around. So it could say that we're leading up to another ice age, or who knows what we're doing. Like you've seen Day After Tomorrow, you know how the major effects of this, and how that can also be mostly movie fiction. But like I said, there's a lot of countries around it, and it's kind of brought up to like the two major industrializations, which is China and the United States, both of which are heavily involved. They're large populations who definitely enjoy vehicles and trucks and the farm industry, and it's just, there's a lot going on there. So what do we have about this climate, global warming controversy? So the global warming controversy concern, um, concerns the public debate over whether global warming is occurring. 
how much has occurred in modern times, what has caused it, what its effects will be, whether any action should be taken to curb it, and if so, what the action should be. In the scientific literature, there is a strong consensus that global surface temperatures have increased in recent decades and that the trend is caused by human-induced emissions of greenhouse gases. No scientific body of national or national standing disagrees with this view, though a few organizations with members in extractive industries hold non-committal positions. The contrary is, by now, political rather than scientific. There is a scientific consensus that climate change is happening, and is caused by human activity. Disputes over the key significant facts of global warming are more prevalent in the media than in the scientific literature, where such issues are treated as resolved, and such disputes are more prevalent in the United States than globally. Political and popular debate concerning the existence and causes of climate change includes the reason for the increase seen in the instrumental temperature record, where the weather trends exceeds normal climatic variations, or whether human activities have contributed simply to it. Scientists have resolved these questions decisively in favor of the view that the current global warming trends exist and is ongoing, that human activity is the cause, and that it, without precedent, is at least 2,000 years. Public disputes that also reflect scientific debate include estimates of how responsive the climate system might be to any given level of greenhouse gases, how climate change will play out at a local and regional scales, and what the consequences of global warming will be. Global warming remains to be remains an issue of widespread political debate over often split along party lines, political lines, especially the United States. Many of the issues that are settled within the scientific community, such as human responsibility for global warming, remains the subject of political or economical motivation attempts to downplay, dismiss, or deny them. An ideological phenomenon caused by academic and scientists as climate change denial. The source running for those involved with climate science, both supporting and opposing mainstream scientific positions, have been questioned by both sides. There are also debates about the best policy response to the science, their cost-effectiveness, and their urgency. Climate science, especially in the United States, have often reported official oil industry pressure to censor or suppress their work and hide scientific data, with directors not to discuss the subject of public communications, Legal cases regarding global warming, its effects, and measures to reduce it have reached American courts. The fossil fuel lobbies have identified as overly or covertly supporting efforts to undermine or discredit the scientific consensus of global warming. And that's interesting. I mean, it's not all that unsurprising. Like, you know in the current administration how they've loosened um, coal mining and fossil fuel emissions. They've really changed all of this and made it easier for the corporations, but that just seems to be the fossil lobby who's just, if there's major restrictions in what they can do, it really hurts their bottom line. So they're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that they can keep doing what they're doing. And the big thing is around like fossil fuels and greenhouse gases. Now, I'm assuming most of you know what greenhouse gases are, but here's kind of a quick rundown. And I'll even throw up a graphic if you like. I can't really show it while I'm podcasting because it's an audio medium you're not going to see it but so greenhouse gas is a gas that absorbs and emits radiant energy within the thermal infrared range greenhouse gases cause the greenhouse effect the primary greenhouse gases in the earth's atmosphere are water vapor carbon dioxide methane nitrous oxide and ozone without greenhouse gases the average temperature of earth's surface would be about negative 18 degrees c or zero degrees fahrenheit rather than the present average of 15 c or 59 degrees fahrenheit the atmosphere of Venus, Mars, and Titan also contain greenhouse gases. 
Human activities since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution around 1750 have produced a 40% increase in the atmospheric concentration of carbon dioxide from 280 parts per million in 1750 to 406 parts per million in early 2017. I'm not quite sure how they were able to, in 1750, determine that there was 280 parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere, but I digress. The industry has occurred despite the uptake of more than a half of the emissions by various natural sinks involved in the carbon cycle. The vast majority of anthropogenic carbon dioxide emissions, i.e. emissions produced by human activities, come from the combustion of fossil fuels, principally coal, oil, and natural gas, with additional contributions coming from deforestation, change in land use, soil erosion, and agriculture, including livestock. Like there's that big thing that you always see about how the amount of cows and other livestock due to their just their large quantity and the amount of gas they produce themselves accounts for a certain amount of the greenhouse gas emissions or something crazy like that. Should greenhouse gas emissions continue at their rate in 2017, Earth's surface temperature could exceed historical values as early as 2047, with potentially harmful effects on ecosystems, biodiversity, and human livelihoods. At current emission rate, temperatures can increase by 2 degrees C, which the nation's IPCC designated as the upper limit to avoid dangerous levels by 2036. So like I said, we're still kind of in the middle of this controversy. There's people that are strongly for it. There's people that deny it. It's a political platform. So here's kind of the history behind this whole controversy. So in the United States, the mass media devoted little coverage to global warming until the drought of 1988. And James E. Hansen's testimony to the Senate, which explicitly attributed the anomaly hot weather plaguing our nation to global warming. The British press also changed its coverage at the end of 1988, followed a speech by Margaret Thatcher to the Royal Society advocating action against human-induced climate change. According to Annabella Carvalho, an academic analyst, Thatcher's appropriation of the risk of climate change to promote nuclear power in the context of the dismantling of the coal industry following the 1984-85 miner strike was one reason for the change in public disclosure. At the same time, environmental organizations and political oppositions were demanding solutions that contrasted with the governments. In May 2013, Charles Prince of Wales took a strong stance criticizing both climate change deniers and corporate lobbyists by likening the Earth to a dying patient. A scientific hypothesis is tested to absolute destruction, but medicine can't wait. If a doctor sees a child with a fever, he can't wait for endless tests. He has to act on what is there. Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. Eating this cookie? Yeah, what about that cookie? You want to talk about it? Dang delicious. <laughs> Can't stop eating it. It's one of those sugar cookies, those fancy ones. Like the ones they make in those videos. Did you take like, a picture of it? I didn't get that far. <laughs> v That's started okay. eating it. That's she okay. started eating it and then I was like, oh. I asked if I could have some. I, well, you brought it to me. So yes, you can have a bite. I did bring it to you from my, my little cafe I work at. And I will be happy to take more pictures and buy you some more cookies yeah once you break the 
surface of that like perfect icing God, on those kind of cookies. She just kills it. Those cookies. It's are, just it's over. Mm. You have to eat it after that. I'm just up staring at it, and I, I was done for. So no long answer. I did not take a picture of it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It went too fast. Well, no, it was yeah, a beautiful heart shaped cookie. Mm. We're making them for yeah. Valentine's Day. It had edible glitter and everything. Tiny little roses. Aww. And polka dots. You'll have to imagine it. How cute. Audience. <laughs> I'll take a picture and post it on our Instagram when I go back to work. Good call. Oh, yeah. You'll see more. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to make... Uh, she's making all different kinds for Valentine's Day. Well, there she you go. some beautiful ones. You can check out her cookies at the Cookie Bake Shop, I think it is, and Gold Star Cafe and Catering on Facebook. Cheap plug. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I love I it. I do Hey, V, can you... I got to ask you a question. What... What... Was up with what was up with that intro today? Oh well, uh, nice segue. Uh, we watched Groundhog's Day, yo. one of our favorite movies. Ah, I was so excited. It's a movie that always seems to be on when I'm on vacation, staying at a hotel somewhere. No matter yeah. where I'm at, Groundhog's Day is on. It's fucking weird. That is weird. Yeah, because this is a weird movie. That movie sticks to you. Yeah, and it just follows you. It's in there. It is on a lot. It used to be on a lot when I had TV a long time ago. Yeah, it was always on like TBS or TNT or whatever these acronyms are. And I always watched it. Every time. You see <laughs> yeah. it's on, you watch it. It's a great like, movie. Oh, which one is he on now? Which <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which Scrooge? It's either Scrooge or this one. Yeah. I think that uh, Phil Curry, Phil Curry, Phil Connor is an interesting character in Groundhog's Day because he, and we talked about this as we were watching it, he evolves throughout the whole movie. And but there's does like, he really? But he does because he's like a different scumbag throughout. He changes scumbagedness. <laughs> Bill Murray's the ultimate scumbag with a heart of gold yeah. that you hate to love and root for, but you do anyway. Yeah, ultimate heel. Yeah. I love him in this movie. It's so funny and he's so dry and it's just like mm-hmm. this is like what I would consider the apex of what Bill Murray is as an actor. His character of Bill Murray is Phil Connors. Yeah, cuz you feel you feel like for <laughs> yeah. him in certain spots and then you remember who he is and like scumbag. He's kind of an it's asshole and you're like, "Oh man, I can't mm-hmm. feel that sorry for you, Phil Connors." Yeah, so we're assuming that everybody that's listening to this podcast has probably seen Groundhog's Day at some point in their lives because if, it's a classic and like we said it's always on if you're not you're a fucking millennial go out and watch it I mean right oh I don't know I'm if, not, if you have lived your life and are listening yeah, you to our go out and watch listen it. if you're right, listening to our podcast to hold on you're gonna follow me back if you're listening to our podcast and you haven't seen Groundhog's Day the only thing I can understand is that you're too young to have s- somehow seen it, but I still don't know how that's even possible. It's everywhere. Yeah, I feel like everybody's seen this movie, and if you haven't, please do, because it's magnificent. It's an excellent Bill Murray movie. It's a, almost a perfect Bill Murray movie. Yes, we're quite I'd the Bill it. Murray apologists, I must <laughs> say. <laughs> Go, watch, yeah. spread the word. It's the gospel of Bill Murray. Yeah. There's a new Bill Murray thing on Netflix that I haven't watched. Oh, uh, Sarah, didn't you watch that? Did you watch it? The Bill Murray oh. thing? Oh, that. That's like about hmm, 
He's kind of like a legend. That's about all his legend stories. About, I want to um, see it. It looked hilarious. You know what? I seen it's it so either. good. You know, hilarious, maybe, but like, it's just good. It's about him and like stuff that he does that's random. And I don't even want to spoil it. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Okay. We just need to watch it. That's on the list. Okay, that'll be I forgot about list. it. You just made the list. What if was I it remember called? right, it, I don't even remember what it was called. I watched it either right after I had my tooth pulled or something else. I was like by myself. Were you and sick? Was that when you were sick? Or something. It might have been. I think I might have been sick. It's a rough winter. Yeah, but I just thought I'm just gonna watch this because Bill Murray. Yeah, I need to. I forgot what it was called. It's called the Bur- Bill Murray stories: life lessons learned from a mythical man. Yeah, They're on Netflix. Yeah, I want to check it out. That's going to be my uh, homework. It's on the list. There's other things on on the list right now too. We have a Nate ton of things on the list. list. Yeah. Do we want to keep talking a little bit more about Groundhog's Day? Because yeah, there's a thing. We'll get that, back to the list. There's a thing that you have that you looked up, Sarah. Do we want to talk about that now? This crazy theory or a couple theories because I got a, a little well theory. for the people that have not seen Groundhog Day or Groundhog's Day is it, it's plural yes Groundhog's Day some some people say it different I don't yeah, know yeah it's Groundhog's Midwest Day. whatever <laughs> anyway anyway uh-huh. um do, do you want to give like a brief very brief synopsis of this movie because it can be summed up fairly quickly. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at it. It is Groundhog Day. See? Okay. It, yeah. There's no S. It is Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quick synopsis. So, uh, Phil Connor is a reporter. He goes to Puxatani to go to Groundhog's Day to celebrate with the... the annual Groundhog Day Festival. Yeah, with Puxatani Phil going to see a shadow or not. And he lives his first day goes to bed and wakes up the next morning to live the exact same day over again. It's the OG edge of tomorrow. It literally, he just keeps reliving the same day over and over and over. He kind of starts to take advantage of this. He starts to learn the world is how it's working around him and work it to his advantage. Learning things a previous day, knowing he can carry it into the next day and and take advantage of people in certain ways or stealing money or other things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. ultimately it wraps back around to him finding the goodness in people and trying to do good for people with this power and knowledge. And uh, he breaks the spell. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't totally spoil it at the end there. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But, well, I guess if I read this thing, it's gonna spoil it. But it's an old movie. It's an so, old movie. Let's just say right now yeah. that we are going to have a spoiler warning, and if you have not yet seen Groundhog's Day, maybe uh, apparently Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, you know, I think what it is is Groundhog Day for this movie. But like here in the Midwest, we say Groundhog's Day. Right. Like I think that might be a regional thing. I, that's I why know. I said Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I think uh, it might be. By regional. the way, this movie Whatever. came out in '93, right? '93. Yeah, this movie came out in '93. Means it's going to be on our '90s bracket. Just keeping it real, as it should be. It definitely is going to make that list. It's Watching on, it's this movie there. made me really miss Harold Ramis, though. Oh man, mm-hmm. for real. He has I mean, a cameo role as the doctor. Yeah, and he's also the director. And the director and writer of this movie. Yeah. We were going to talk about that a little bit later, too, with the whole uh, Ghostbusters teaser that came out. Absolutely. We'll get Mm -hmm. to there. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, Yeah, and and actually, I just realized another thing we can Bill Murray talk about. Hashtag Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, shit, yeah. He's returning to that. We posted on Foodies last week that when the 
little poster dropped. Yeah. They did the the new Zombieland movie is coming out in uh, October. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take place like 10 years in the future, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be hysterical if mm. uh, Bill Murray's character was his Groundhog's Day character and he kept living his last day as a zombie over he's and over again? He's supposed to be making a cameo in the movie, right? Yeah. He's back. That's what I read. Yeah. I think Dan Maybe Aykroyd's he comes back as, well. as a zombie. A real zombie. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe he's like their pet or something. I don't know. <laughs> like Michonne's pets. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell were we talking about? Groundhog Day? Correct. And Sarah has a theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was nuts. This totally changed the way yeah. I thought about <laughs> how this movie while I was watching it. Because I was like, why don't you just tell me this theory, you know, on the podcast when we're talking about it later? And she's like, I don't know. I ca- you've seen this movie a million times. I kind of want you to just watch it through this lens and see what you think and i kind of am glad that i did yeah it's weird that's right that's why we did the whole spoilers alert thing yeah i'm hoping that it's not gonna be i don't know i didn't read you the actual whole long article no you gave me a summary and i was like totally intrigued by it and it holds up i'm just gonna say now it's interesting it's quite interesting it is after what Nate told me he found about the original, what what was it now? The original oh, screenplay or the original, the original ending. Ending, yeah. Well, uh, which I don't think we should talk about that till the after we talk about. Sure, yeah, things. yeah, for yeah, real, yeah, yeah. for real. But because that kind of puts a like, oh, on this sort of like the, the fan theory thing, you mm-hmm. know, like you want to have an, an air of mystery still, mm-hmm. I guess, about, I don't know. Anyways. So this is called, let's see, this is from one year ago. It's from a website called Shortlist. I don't know what that is, but it says this Groundhog Day fan theory might change how you see the film forever. It It wants to be clickbait. But uh, I'm going to read this now. Okay. Here's what you probably know about Groundhog Day. It's a seminal early 90s comedy. It stars Bill Murray as grouchy Pittsburgh weatherman Phil Connors, reluctantly sent to cover a yearly groundhog tradition in the small town of Punxsutawney, where he finds himself doomed to repeat the same day over and over and over again. Wacky hilarity ensues, a dabble of romance, more hilarity, and like Scrooge to the sequel, we discover that his character is so cantankerous that the only way he's able to see how poorly he treats others is when he's entrenched in a supernatural state. It's uplifting, melancholic, clever, and brilliant. There's your synopsis. Uh, Well, here comes something you probably didn't know, and it could just alter your take on this classic film forever. To begin with, it's important to assess the events that transpired toward the end of Phil's first day. Unable to get back to Pittsburgh when a massive blizzard even even the city's sharpest weatherman couldn't foresee, punctuation, brings traffic to a snowy standstill, Phil... Chattering and dressed in a little more than a shirt, stands on a highway reminisce- or remonstrating with a state official who informs him it's a no-go. Later back in town, we see Phil drowning his sorrows at the bar, joined briefly by his co-workers, who naturally he dismisses. After- afterwards, he finishes his pit- pitiful night off with an excruciatingly cold shower. We know he's in discomfort from the close-up of him scrambling for the taps. And another shot from outside the curtain. (laughs) I've tried not to laugh. Showing him fumbling madly inside. The camera then cuts to him wandering down the corridor in chilly distress. Cut to the next scene. Black tiles whirl from 5.59 a.m. to 6 a.m. 
Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe blares out the alarm's tinny speakers, and we're left to assume it's a direct repeat of the previous day, with our man clueless that he's stuck in limbo. The trouble is, Phil's dead. Well, at any rate, he's dying never to return to mortality and scold another colleague again. We didn't get to see him get into bed. We didn't get to see him setting that iconic alarm, just wandering the corridors of that quaint bed and breakfast, grumbling erratically about his cold shower. More erratically than usual, that's because our man slipped backwards after his panicked jump out of the tub, cracked his head, and got a concussion. A concussion oh, wish. A concussion which, that's hard to say, <laughs> coupled with the booze in his system and a possible bout of hypothermia brought about thanks to his highway stunt and that icy shower, it eventually kills him. Shit. <laughs> Shit got real. They say that when someone dies, the brain keeps going and cells continue to activate while the rest of the body does not. Well, this is exactly that. As Phil's own mind condenses what it feels like is a thousand years of activity in, little mo in a little more than a few seconds. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> Why else do you think he spends a near eternity meeting and greeting the same odd little characters encountered in the past 24 hours? And so there he lies, skull bashed in, possibly on the floor of his room, his brain replaying all of the day's previous events. From our point of view... Phil's time spent in limbo is 80 to 85 minutes running time, give or take. From his own, it's 10,000 years, that being the amount of time director Harold Ramis said he believed the character was trapped in the ceaseless time loop for. But what if this whole time Ramis knew that this was all in Phil's mind, that a mishmash of electronic signals rushing through his cortex would all but feel like a thousand years of emotions but pass in the blink of an eye? But wait, it gets darker still, dot, dot, dot. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you look so pleased. <laughs> ah, fan theories. One of the most memorable scenes in the film, you may recall, involves Phil bumping into an old acquaintance on his walk into town that first Groundhog morning. Groundhog Day morning. That man is Ned Ryerson. You know, Ned Ryerson. Needle knows Ned. Ned the head, Case Western High alumnus, who did this whistling belly button trick at the talent show. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. <laughs> Bing. That's him. Bing. 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 Played by Bing. character actor Stephen. Wait, how do you say his name? T Tobolowski, I, I guess. Tobolowski, maybe? Tobolowski. Yeah. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in, in the... Oh, the, I love uh, I love how the Shaggy meme immediately died as soon as the Super Bowl hit. <laughs> well, the big controversy, the kind of switching off the meme there, but the big controversy was uh, at the halftime show they did a mini tribute to Sweet Victory, yeah, SpongeBob, and it turned into Sicko Mode by Travis Scott, and like everybody was super pissed off about it. I was not happy that. He came out. I like and to be mashed with Maroon Five. I don't know. I was not. Well, they've had a couple songs Who's, together. Who I think. is it? Some rapper. It's, oh, that guy. Um, that guy sucked. He came out of the. They all sucked. One of the Kardashians. Isn't one of the Kardashians' boyfriends? I think so. Yeah, he sucked. Baby daddy. I enjoyed Maroon Five's performance. I love Despite Five. it being rather lackluster. It was very lackluster. But I liked their songs though. I'll, I'll, get, I'll say that. I will say this. This was a very. Uh, like uh it was very low key super bowl performance halftime show 
Uh, and I kind of dug that because it wasn't over the top. I mean, if I wanted over the top, I'd go back to fucking a couple years back with Katy Perry and right, right shark. Left shark. Or, oh, it was left shark? It okay. Left shark. Either way, it was one of the sharks, hey, and he was ball. So he was balling. No, there's nothing meme-worthy from this halftime show. Are you kidding me? Have you not seen all the memes about... Uh, Adam Levine? Like, like board super... He's like, board, uh, I want to see from left side to right side to fucking front to back. Start this print. <laughs> this is called She Will Be Fucking Loved. Is, is that the same level as Left Shark? Or you remember when Justin like went out into the crowd with that kid and okay, they took the on. selfie together oh, and yeah. the kid was like... I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I shared one earlier, and it was from the this right here. Board fans and Adam Levine with the shirt lifted up. Uh, <laughs> the office meme one. Yes. But, I mean, like, there's nothing, like, picture-worthy that you can create a meme from this Super Bowl. I'm, do you, I'm, I'm trying to start a petition. And when I say I'm trying to start a petition, I'm basically I'm just trying to say this is what I want. <laughs> I'm just I saying really, I'm not even going to do it. So everybody always talks about we want Metallica for the halftime show. Metallica's turned them down, I guess, a couple times now. Yeah, because they don't want to pre-record. This is what I want. I want the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. yes. I would love that. And that'd be hilarious because Dave Grohl is is experienced with pre-recorded shows as they did on MTV. Mm-hmm. Well, With that thing... famous performance of Smells Wait, Like Teen the Spirit. the halftime show is pre-recorded? Yes. All the instr- instrumentation is. I think the vocals are live. I think the vocals are live. Really? Yeah. But my thing is... If you notice, they're not... They don't have any wires or anything connected to their guitars you and instruments. You can't have wireless guitars? But there's still stuff attached to them. I don't know. <laughs> and wireless systems can be buggy. I just say, like, give me the Foo Fighters because, A, they're a big enough band where people are going to recognize them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They have enough hits. They're relevant still mm-hmm. to this day. And they they could put on a cool enough show that's going to give me a rock vibe instead of these stupid pop anthems that we've had for the past five plus years. Basically, since they decided, all right, we can finally play pop music again because Janet Jackson's nipples blown over. <laughs> like, give me NSYNC and Aerosmith again. That or give me Backstreet Boys next year. Yeah, I'm down for that. Well, I have a question. Do the singers get money for their halftime performance? Oh, I'm sure they have. Because to. I heard that uh, Maroon Five, like they got paid five hundred thousand dollars for their performance. That's like chump change. To but them. it went all to charity. <laughs> So I had That's a cool. patient yesterday that said, when, she's an old lady, so she who fucking knows if she really knows the truth. But she's like, I hope oh, she's no. watching and she knows you're talking shit. They don't, <laughs> she's not watching. <laughs> they don't, they don't I get posted paid. this in a lot of groups. You don't know. They don't get paid. I thought she's watching. That they don't get paid <laughs> and, right now. <laughs> you know, performing the halftime show is like they're paying and like they're, cause they're getting their name out there. So I didn't know if they, they, if they get paid. I know. But the I don't know if they get paid or not because I saw a thing where Maroon 5 did this for free because they donated all of their stuff to the charity. I think so. they get paid because, like I said, like the people they get to perform the halftime shows, they don't need to get their name out there. They're always like yes. the biggest names well, that you can find. Not only the, the old lady that was telling me this because she, she hates the Patriots. She was pissed about that. But she was telling me that she would have rather watch Cardi B perform over Maroon 5. Oh, wow. I'm like, and well, the funny thing Whoa. is, she said that, and then so in my center, they have we have TVs at each of the dialysis stands, and there was a Tiger and Cardi B, and she goes, "Oh, who are they?" And I was like, "That's Cardi B." So you even know who you're saying you'd rather perform? It was just, it was funny. Is it Tiger or Tyga? Tyga. 
Tiger. <laughs> Tiger. You're so white. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am Caucasian. <laughs> but uh, Very observant. Yeah, give me, give me the Foo Fighters next year. Yeah, I'm down for or Foo I'll Fighters. Or I'll take Bruno Mars again. Bruno Mars' half yeah. show was, uh, was amazing. That's a good show. Like, he can sing. He can dance. Yeah. He's got a good, you know, number of hits that people enjoy. Yeah. And I'm still convinced he's Michael Jackson's son, so why wouldn't I want to say uh, You know, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, con- I'm, I'm not convinced, but, like, I, I, I firmly st- – I stand firm with the belief that he is this generation's Michael Jackson. He doesn't have – the mm-hmm. upbringing that Michael Jackson had. He's not as big as what Michael Jackson it, was. No, He's exactly. The... And no one ever fucking will be. No. But Justin Bieber is the closest thing. Yeah. Honestly. Upbringing yeah. and everything. You know, I had a big crush on Michael Jackson growing up. The Smooth Criminal videos. Dude, he was he was popping in that white suit. Oh my God, yes. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. No, I will, I will till the day I die say Bruno Mars was Michael Jackson or Prince's illegitimate son. <laughs> both <laughs> maybe he's both that's solid solid theory i dig it i put it out there right now i dig it give me a dna test <laughs> put, a, put him on an episode of maury oh, you know God. all they have to do like since maury. um my, mj does have kids dna test them yeah. with bruno like i said i'm sure a, they have a put them on fucking maury man just put them on maury with a hologram of michael that way, when they're like, Michael, you, you are, are the father. The, father. <laughs> the, the, like, hologram can fall over in the chair, just like, ah! <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Crotch grab it. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I remember in high school, you sat and learned the thriller dance. Yep. Part, nice. Like, like legit. Um, it took me six hours. I have danced that plenty of times. I remember back when, I, back in the, well, when Michael Jackson died. Uh, we had a huge party, and we were out in the on the backyard just blaring Michael Jackson all night. And we were all doing the dances, and I were doing the Thriller dance. But thirteen going on thirty, they do the Thriller dance. It's uh, they? it's wrong though. Is it? Mm-hmm. I watched that music video for like six hours straight, learning it. What's wrong about it? What do they do? They do everything in the incorrect order. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Obviously. Not to steal your thunder. Duh. I love, no, I, I do love that movie, though. Jennifer I Garner. Just, I just know oh. this. I just know this whole thing. And the So I don't know it step by step. Oh, he knows it. I, I, okay. used to I know. might you not. Know. <laughs> it's been a while. but uh, I can play it right now if you want to go. <laughs> no, my, my is just this. the Where they go back with the claws. I'm too fat to probably do most of it now, too. But, uh, Age. Good it old happens. Uh, thirteen going on thirty. Love that movie. Like I said, I have a, I have a huge crush on that. That's like the second now. time we've talked about this movie. Well, uh, yesterday because it's got the Hulk in it. We yeah it does. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> my mom. That's my mom's man. And then because I'll be thirty this year, and he keeps making fun of me. And we went and test drove some new Subarus yesterday. And the the guy that went with us is younger than us, and was talking about age and. I said something about, because he said something about 30 being old. I was like, I'm the one that's about to be 30. Like, don't be knocking that. And I was like, 13 going on 30. Have you not seen that? So it's just funny. Two days in I, I can't wait to be 30. I, it's going to be really? fun. I want to get, like, I basically want to get 40. That's where I want to get. <clears throat> no. Men age like fine wine. 
I heard 40s back. <laughs> I'm no George Clooney. <laughs> Ever since Cassius hit me with a shovel. I'm no George Clooney. <laughs> but uh, I think I think when I get older, because like I said, I, I'm hoping to lose weight. Me too. But uh, everybody says that. I know. But if I do, my goal is to be a DILF. Yeah. I want to be a DILF pickle. Yeah? Yeah, so. If I, I feel like when I get 40... I'm going to be looking good for dad. I know. I said something to him about, I don't know what brought up the conversation, but when Maverick gets to be older, all his little friends like, oh my God, your mom's such enough. And he's like, they better not your mom. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what, what that's com- like. I don't know what that started that conversation. I totally just, that's possible uh, episode title, Dilf Pickle. Dilf Pickle. Yeah, Blaine knows what it's like for everybody to be like, your mom's hot. And now I'm experiencing that. Wait, was your mom the mom that Ryan was yes. like, oh, okay, yeah. Yes. And Ethan. Was Ethan at the wedding? <laughs> yeah. Was he? He I've didn't sit f- with us, did he? I've never found your mom that attractive. I never found your mom that attractive. Look at that. Black I actors. For life. Black actors. You gotta <laughs> stick together, man. <laughs> Away, Brady, bitch! <laughs> Did Ethan sit with us? Yeah. Well, he was around us. No, he, he was at the table that. next. Wait. Yeah. He... he brought a girl, didn't he? Alexa. Yeah. yeah. His girlfriend at the time. I think I remember now. But yes, I remember Ryan being drunk and like, all about your mom. My dad was going to beat his ass. Oh, my God. It was funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. My dad had a torn MCL and ACL and everything at the time. He was... Just gonna stomp Ryan into the ground. <laughs> we need to get Ryan back on the show. Ryan's in El Paso right now. Yeah, it's gonna be a little harder to get him on the show. He's traveling now for work. I called a lady today to sell her some insurance, and she was all game for it. And then I was like, "So you're at this address in Lafayette, right?" She's like, "Nope, I'm in Texas." And I was like, "All right, I'll fuck myself," and I hung up. <laughs> I didn't say that, but it, I wanted to. Probably could have. Probably could have. I wouldn't have been mad. My boss might have. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely um, fair. But yeah, so good old 13 going out there. You know, it's another good movie with her. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. It's got I Matthew love... McConaughey. All right, oh, all, yes. right, all, yeah. right. all right. Michael Douglas. Dutch. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, it's a... That's that's a favorite of mine. Yeah, it used to be one of mine. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a funny movie. Listen, I dig I dig chick flicks. I dig romantic comedies. Me too. I, mean, I used to dig them. Me and Felipe. They haven't been so great lately. They haven't. They haven't and, really came out with anything. I, yeah. Chick. Honestly, like, no. That's very true. Me and Felipe, though, we used to, like, when we want to watch chick flicks, we used to, like, rent them or go wherever, get them. And then we'd get a Crave case from White Castle and stay up all night and watch them. <laughs> oh, my God. We would just be like, I remember we watched all, like, all, like, there were only two Pitch Perfects at the time. We watched both Pitch Perfects. <laughs> oh, my God. At the time. We watched both Pitch Perfects and, like, three other movies in one night with this Crave case. And, like, the entire time we are just like, ooh. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever watched The Notebook was with Matt. Yep. I love The Notebook. It's okay. I love it. The book's so much better. <laughs> He went, is, through, he went through a Nicholas Sparks face. Dude, I, my brother loves Nicholas. His favorite movie is I read book. like every Nicholas Sparks book my senior year of high school. I remember the book Message in a Bottle. I, I remember you you came over to my mom's and you saw it on DVD and you're like, <gasps> yeah. and I was just like, here you go, Matt. You can borrow it. 
<laughs> Your mom also let me borrow her uh, City of Angels. Yes. yes. <gasps> that was a good movie. Oh my god. I just wanted it because that's the movie that Iris. Mm-hmm. And I was learning to play the song at the time. That's gonna be so fucking sad though. Ugh. So sad. So he was he he had his guitar tuned. So this weirdest fucking tune. That's just how that tab was. I don't think that's the actual tune. Every other one says it's tuned like that. Really? Every well, so it was mind. the tuning typically in from lowest to highest is E A D G B E. That's standard tuning. This had B D D D D D D. The rest were just D. <laughs> and it sat when he was playing it. I was it sounded right, but it, it got out of tune. So he went to tune it and snap. <laughs> yep, snap my chords. <laughs> I was like, no, no more Iris for me. Aww. Yeah, but uh. I love that. Yeah, I went through a Nicholas Sparks phase. I remember in high school, I was reading the Message in a Bottle book, and the movie has got uh, Jenny from Forrest Gump and Kevin Costner. Jenny. It's not a great movie. But I remember the book. Like, I'm out in the hallway <laughs> reading it last period, and I'm, like, trying not to bawl my eyes oh. out. And people are like, are you okay? I'm like, leave me alone. No, you know what book means? No, you're crying. I'm struggling here. No, in high school, we had to read Of Mice and Men. And oh, that yeah. Book. Yeah, we had to read that one. There was another Lenny's one. Lenny's my boy. Yep. There was another book. I don't know if you guys had to read it, but we had to read it. It was about... Oh, God. I wish I remember what it was called. Something Child about... it. No. There That's was a mouse, one. and they were doing experiments on the mouse, and the guy took the mouse home. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I don't remember it. I feel I, like I know what you're talking about. I'm Flowers like, for Algernon. Maybe. I, I believe did, was, did they do experiments on mice and I believe so, yeah. That sounds like flowers for Algernon. Listening to another episode of Crucial Tunes. Hopefully, this is another episode and not your first episode of Crucial Tunes. Uh, if this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, enjoy the show. Um, on yeah. this show, I, we've we've got so far two episodes in the books. Um, well, two episodes are released by the time this one gets released. Uh, we we did our our teaser episode over like christmas ish yeah it was christmas ish uh, to, to recap our our uh, <laughs> uh to recap our <laughs> top 10 albums of 2018 uh so you can backtrack and listen to that uh and then episode one our pilot episode which actually if we're being completely honest we recorded a few months ago uh that one dropped on I'm january if i can remember what it yeah. was uh that was like our introduction episode when we talked about our favorite albums of all time and blah, oh blah, blah. oh that was really fun actually. yeah that was a good that it was, was a good, good time one. it was a good time but uh yeah we recorded that one a while ago just to kind of get a feel for what we were doing uh that one that one uh is out already by the time you're hearing this one um so this so full disclosure we're recording this out uh, this album we're recording this album we are. Uh, <laughs> we're recording kind of. this episode uh, in mid-January. Uh, it'll probably be February already by the time this one drops. But, you know, due to schedules and everything, we wanted to get this recorded when we can. So uh, that track that you heard at the very beginning, uh, that is a friend of ours. Uh, 
that is his new project. Brian, give a shout out to Brian. Hey, Brian. Uh, his new project, Love Lost, and their song Unlovable. Uh, you can find them on Bandcamp. I don't. I don't think they're on uh, Spotify or anything yet. Um, but you can also find them on Facebook. Um, check them out. They're just like a old school thrashy, hardcore. They're outfit cool. from like Chicago, it. and it's cool to hear Brian's voice on something. I know. Different. I we, so Brian uh, Brian used to be in a band called Drowning, which uh, if you're from the Chicago area and the, and the hardcore scene, I'm sure you know who Drowning is. Honestly, not even just in the Chicago area. Drowning Drowning We're had like a huge everywhere. yeah. Drowning had a pretty good reputation everywhere so. around the entire world. Uh, so I, I, yeah, if you're familiar with Drowning, uh, Brian from Drowning is his new project, uh, Love Lost, and. Uh, I, I dig it a lot already. I can't wait to hear the rest of it when it comes out. Um, but if you stay tuned to the end of the track, we'll play the full end of the, the episode. God damn it. All day with this. All day, I know. <laughs> this is going to be all day. <laughs> if you stay tuned to the end of the episode, we'll, we'll throw the full track on, on at the end of the episode so you can hear it. Um, uh, but yeah, f- shout out to Brian. Shout out to Love Lost. Uh, check them out. Good stuff. Uh, so on this episode... Uh, we just want to dive into some of the new new music that's come out in January of 2019. New new year, new month, new music. New year, new music. Oh new my year, God. new music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and some good shit though so far. <laughs> I was gonna say I have a very long list. So I'm I'm not gonna lie. I did not listen to any of these full albums yet. Um, I just kind of bounced around because we we just talked about this yesterday about uh recording and talking about new albums i didn't have time to listen to all these full albums sure so i bounced around just picked a few tracks and and from what i heard uh, there's not much that i'm crazy about no, so i mean far, we're like a week or two i know right right into the year so. so a lot of a lot of the year to go but but also 2019 has a big ass year to follow because 2018 musically was great yeah great there was year. A, a ton of bangers in in 2018 and that's the thing too i don't know of uh, any of the albums on my top ten last year that came out in January? I know Turnstile, which was my number one of the year, uh, came out early in the year. But even that, I think, was either February or March. Yeah. But I January to me has not ever really been a big month for music. Right. Usually they wait until like later in the year to drop all the good stuff. Yeah, because by the end of the year it's been forgotten and they won't make any lists. Right. Which I get. But uh, we'll, we'll just rattle off some of the stuff that we've listened to. Um, I, I guess I'll start because I, I think my list is a lot longer than yours. Sure. Um, and I'm sure most of the shit on your list is probably also on mine. Okay. Uh, here. Okay. I'm going to start off with something that I literally, I just found it today. We were, we were driving like an hour and a half ago. I found this. Um, oh. I, on our way home from lunch, me, me and Ashley, my wife Ashley, if you guys listen to the Kids for Sale podcast, you know my wife Ashley. Um, <laughs> uh, so <coughs> we were on our way home from lunch to come home and record this podcast today. Sure. And I was like, shit, I need to check out some more new albums so I can have something else to talk about. And uh, I, so I looked, I you know just Googled new albums 2019. I found a couple of websites. Oh, this is top seven albums in 2019 so far. So I I clicked on one of them, and uh, this artist came up, which I didn't know it when I clicked on them. Uh, they're just a Christian pop duo, which 
Uh, right, I know. It was you can't I, hear me, but I just gave Chris a weird like, "What the fuck are you talking <laughs> about?" With my eyes, <laughs> super, super out of my wheelhouse. Not something I'm familiar with. I don't listen to a lot of pop. I'm not against pop. It's just not really my thing. I don't listen to radio. Like full disclosure, I never listen to the radio. So if if something's like popular on the radio, I probably haven't heard it. But like I said, I I want to be as thorough with this podcast as we can. Okay, so we can talk I, about Christian pop duo. Yeah, exactly. That's I get well, it. it was that's the thing. Like it was good. I so I there's I, a lot of good. All right, so we we had this big long conversation <laughs> about the Christian pop duo uh, for King and Country and their album Burn the Ships, uh, and I must have leaned on the keyboard <laughs> at some point and fucking stopped the whole conversation. Um, so just a, a short recap uh, for King and Country, Burn the Ships. Metal uh, core. <laughs> it's it really it's does. like arena pop. It's yeah. It's the the name sounds like a metalcore album, but it's like arena pop. Um, and I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, just from what I heard of it, a few tracks. Um, you know, Christian pop is not my thing, but just in the interest of being thorough with this podcast, I wanted to listen to something out of my wheelhouse. And there's got to be some Christian pop that is your thing, yeah, probably. But I mean, and this one maybe is it because I liked it. I, I, Were you I'll, listen to like David Crowder band and shit like that, no. or like Michael W. Smith. No, these are like the most remarkable songwriters of all time, probably. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but so it, my point though for King and Country, Burn the Ships. Was a good album. Uh, from from the few tracks that I listened to, I liked it. Um, then, so we also we talked about three more albums <laughs> after uh, I accidentally turned it off. So we're we're gonna have to go back and try to have a, a good conversation about those we'll albums all over again. Um, you started with Twenty One Savage. Twenty One Savage, which actually is not from this year. Could be, probably not. I didn't do a ton of research on it. I just saw it and listened to it. It's new-ish still. It's it's still very new. Uh, a couple weeks. So the, the year, 21 so. Savage album is called I Am Greater, greater than, than I Was. Yes. With like the, the With the greater than sign. Yes. Um, which, uh, from the conversation that we had before, I do, I've never listened to a lot of 21 Savage. I'm familiar with the name. I don't... It's nothing you haven't heard before. I don't, I don't think I could name a single song of his. Sure. But, That's okay. Uh, but it's an okay album? It's a great album. Great uh, album. It's okay. what hip-hop sounds like now. It's not special. It's just... Okay. It's digestible, and I liked it, and it was fun. You could nod your head to it. I'll um, check it out. I I, I, it. I like a good hip-hop album. I had a couple... Hip-hop. Hop. I, I like a good hip-hop album. <laughs> I had... <laughs> God damn it. It was like Chris's mouth did this weird looking thing and the fact that there's no beard on his face made it oh, so yeah. much more visible i wasn't sure if that was really going to come sucked. up since we're on a podcast i wasn't sure if it was going to come up that my beard's gone but so yeah, it's my, gone my beard's gone i had to shave for work this week mm-hmm. it's but gone. it's coming back i i only had to shave just so i could fit test for my respirator and now it's coming back again and i won't have to shave again for a whole year so then when so. you have to wear your respirator is that i don't i don't have to wear my respirator. Then why the fuck did you need to get fitted for because one? if there's an emergency so i work for a pipeline company we don't really need to get too far into this, but sure. I work for an oil pipeline. If we have an oil spill and I have to respond, I have to wear a mask. Uh-huh. So my company has to know that I'm able to wear this mask and it is an effective seal. So once a year I have to get checked to make sure that it is an effective seal. And then I can grow my beard back. But if I'm responding to an emergency, I got to shave again and put the mask on. Okay. So, but that's the only time I ever have to wear that mask. Well, if you're covered in oil, don't stand next to a fire. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> is it from Joe Dirt? Absolutely. <laughs> Everything I say is from Joe Dirt. <laughs> All right. So back on back on hip hop again. Um, I checked out a hip hop album that we we listened to. A f- oh, God. It's deja vu because we had this conversation yeah, already. But ten minutes my, ago, my stupid ass leaned on the keyboard and we're doing it again. It happens. So <laughs> uh, we listened to a few seconds of this album before we started the podcast, and that is uh, Future. Uh, the name of the album is Future Hendrix Presents The Wizard. Um, my comments on it before and my comments still on it are uh, whoever. <laughs> they haven't changed. No, they haven't changed in the last three minutes. Um, whoever produced this album, I don't know if Future is self-produced or not. I don't know who produced it. Uh the beats are phenomenal. So I liked everything. I like Future though quite a bit. I I was less than, you know, I wasn't excited about uh, the rapping on it just because. So the intro track, he's doing this weird off tempo, like just kind of throwing lyrics out there as they as they come. I, obviously, it's pre written. I don't think it's a freestyle track. It doesn't sound like a Could freestyle be. track. It might be, but. You know, he's just throwing stuff out there, and it's off-tempo, off-time, off, you know. There's no rhythm to it, really. He's just th- just doing it. And not my thing. It's it, it's well-executed, I guess. Sure. But not my thing. Um, and then the rest of the tracks that I listened to, which I, I think, I don't know if this part got cut off or not, but all these albums I listened to, I didn't listen to a single full album just because in oh. the interest of trying to pack as many new artists in as I could, I bounced around and just listened to like three, four tracks from each one. Sure. And from the three, four tracks I listened to, way too much auto-tune. Like, uh, I... It's all tight. I, I, it sounds cool in moderation. Like that, and, it's, and when I say auto-tune, I know everybody uses auto-tune nowadays, but like the, the rap auto-tune where it's like robot sounding like the yeah. uh, kind of yeah, thing. Like people, rappers have been doing that for... I, I know. Since, since T-Pain, yeah. I think... And dude, if I don't want to go too far off of this, but dude, T Pain was fucking tight, dude. Like, I never got into T Pain. Well, dude, do it now. Like, go back and right. listen to some T Pain, like T Peen. T Peen? Tiny Peen? It could be. Dude, T Pain was fucking sick, dude. But anyway, it's like an overuse of it, you know? Yeah, it's the entire time. Yeah. But it sounds cool. Uh, like I said, the. If if I could listen to just an instrumental version of this album, you probably could. I will. I would absolutely jump on that because the beats were awesome, and and I'm not. The rapping wasn't bad. It's and it didn't sound bad. It's just not my thing. I guess. I get that. His voice is not my thing. Maybe. It's very very particular. And I'm like, if you don't like it, you do not like yeah. it because he sounds, by definition, probably pretty stupid. Yeah. But I think it's cool. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a better than average album. I think, pretty good. Um, and. Now we're going back to where we left off when I realized uh, I leaned on the keyboard. Okay. Um, Fever. Fever 333. Uh, Fever 333, I said was a band in the last take, is a band, like you corrected me already. They are still a band. Something happened like moments ago to them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They released an EP last year that I was in love with. It it was great. It's, uh, it was really intense, really like different from anything that was out. Um, it's it's called Made in America, and it's 
like we already said in our teaser episode when we talked about it, and like we already said on another podcast that we were guests on, and I've said it a few times, I've said it probably a thousand times to people person to person, uh, it sounds like Rage Against the Machine meets Linkin Park, and in, in like the best way possible. Yeah. It's the guitar. That couldn't really be bad. It could. It could. But yeah, it's not. Like if we tried to do that, yeah. it would probably <laughs> Um, it's the uh, guitarist from rule. the guitarist from the Chariot, the drummer from Night Verses, and the singer from Let Live. Um, they're doing this kind of politically driven. Uh, I don't know. It, they're trying to do like a high art project is what they're trying to present it as. Uh, like for instance, they don't play shows; they do demonstrations, kind of thing. Which, which is, I think that's fucking lame. But. It's it's lame because it's like, <laughs> well, what's the difference? Right. And I mean, who are you kidding? You're on fucking Roadrunner Records, man. You're playing you're playing the festival circuit like the open air festival circuit. And There's like, nothing I'm sure like they're, they have a really specific rider yeah. and like whatever. But anyway, so their EP last year I thought was phenomenal. This follow-up, their full-length album Strength in Numbers, I wasn't too hot on it. You know? I liked it a lot. It's, I listened to it twice today. It's not it's not bad. Uh, but I was expecting more. F- with how high energy that their last release was, I was expecting that energy again. And it feels like it was just kind of like they put all their effort into their last one. And this one was just kind of like, eh, we'll throw another one out there. That's what it felt like to me. And maybe I, I need to give it another chance. I, I probably will give it another chance. Just it was because, better the second time I listened to it today. Well, I, I really did like their EP last year. So I don't. I'm not just going to give up on this one. I'll check it out again, but my first impression was, bleh, it could be better. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. All right, so what are we going to get into next? We're already, uh, we slammed through the first mm. one there. Chocolate coconut porter. That was real good. The Enchanted looks like a nice balance with it i think the enchanted that one's going to be probably the most interesting one that you try um just from the standpoint of the the green chilies um Hmm. it actually turned out better than i could have expected so yeah all right let's give it a go let's try it it's got a lovely color you can see through this one that smells really interesting too. It's got the spiciness in the nose too. Oh yeah. This is this is gonna be exciting. All right, let's see what we got. Cheers. Let's do it. Cheers. Holy shit. That's great. Wow. I love Wow. You can really like I mean damn, you, it tastes like a green chili liquefied. That is crazy. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, the the I was amazed at how well the green chili came through. Um it, you know, with the green chilies in there, you lose a little head retention on it. But uh, hop-wise, um, I use something that gives it, tries to give it a little bit of brightness from the hop, a dry hop standpoint too. So it kind of, kind of pairs along well with the the green chili. Get a little bit of a citrus character, but yeah, I feel like it's paired very well. It's very Goodness. smooth. Yeah. It has my, uh, the. Damn, it's so it's so weird. I love your lack of words. <laughs> the chili comes through more on the nose than it does in the taste, which is interesting. But it's just as it's, it's, it's just as there in the taste as well. I mean, you can. It's not it, as spi- it's not spicy in the mouth. I guess. Sure. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, the heat is definitely through the nose, without a doubt. 
and it's you know green chilies aren't terribly spicy beer we're, one of these days we're going to work with one of our customers who uh who really likes to to grow some really really hot peppers so Bring he's he's bugging me oh, all man. the time about producing a, a hot beer so we'll we'll get to that one of these that days would but. be awesome he may, he he provides the uh, the peppers that go into the like the hellfire right hellfire yeah. seasoning yep I oh my love goodness. that shit I put that on everything that I can it's so good it just sounds like it would it would tear up my intestines <laughs> they, he needs to he needs to bottle it up and then sell it I say the same thing with that Alabama white sauce I'm like you guys need to put that on the shelves mm. that's what makes that's what makes tastes a wonderfully wonderful experience it's the only place I can get my Alabama white. <laughs> You don't have Alabama white sauce, Alabama woo. I don't know how to do it. I don't. I don't. Tr- and I haven't tried to replicate it. I'm gonna let the. I'm gonna let the boys in the kitchen do it because they're doing let, a good job. Let of the it. pros. Let the pros handle yeah, it. Yeah. I don't need a knockoff of it. I just want the real thing. So. All right. Well, that was well, interesting. That was good. Yeah, that was a fun one. You uh, and anyone should definitely try to get down here. That's gonna listen to this. I believe this is gonna come out this Saturday. Um, and there's a chance it's Wednesday. There's a chance some of these might might survive till the weekend, but. Uh, We'll definitely... Uh, They're going to be busted into, that's for sure. We will have thrown up some stuff on the old Facebook to let people know that they need to get down here and try these now because they will not last. None of them. Mm. Speaking mm. of them not mm. lasting, mm. which one are we going to dive into next? Hmm. After I don't know, that, that sounds good. I'm sorry, I didn't mean... Uh, after that, I would... Uh, you might go for a little change of pace and go for something a little bit more on the multi or balanced side, so maybe the sledgehammer. Yep. That's a great idea. Thank you. You're very welcome. How am I going to describe the color of this one? You can't see through it. It's, it's oh, no. From the description that I saw brown. earlier, it's, a, it's an English ale. I mean, this is typically, I mean, this is like exactly what an English ale looks like. It's very cloudy. It's Yeah, it's uh, an English, English strong ale. English um, strong ale, okay. So, yeah, so it's going to. It's going to feature those malts, but then go ahead and have a little bit of bite to it too. But and then it rings in at seven-ish percent, a little over seven. I believe, I believe. that's what I saw. Like I said, listed as seven percent. I believe this was our lunch beer. It was our I lunch think we beer. We opened with that. It was delicious. Yep. Uh, I need. I do need a reminder though. So cheers. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Still delicious. <laughs> Definitely malty. Definitely maltier. Yes. Than everything else that we've been having so far. Working your way through all that English yeast. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I think that, I think, as far as the yeast character on this, I think it's a little more subdued um, than some. I I, uh, actually switched up my yeast a little bit, and this one doesn't have quite um, the the English yeast character as um, the previous English strain I used. So, um, I think it's a little more subdued than what some of our English beers of the past. It's sweet. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, like the caramel or toffee notes. It's I love it. It's very good. Thank you. Man, I was thinking we were just gonna take a couple sips of each of these and move on. But I they're, know, they're but going we're going down so easy. We're like, slamming it. We'll finish it. Good thing I limited the size pour to, yes. to the sampler sizes versus the the eight ounces. Yeah, huh? that would have been that would have been troublesome. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have been getting out of here in a timely fashion. No, sir. Um, no, the thing about, and I guess this is just my own personal thing, but like it seems like a lot of our maltier styles and just the trend like isn't towards maltier beers, and which is unfortunate because there are a lot of really great malt 
multi style beers out there, but usually it's lighter and then your IPAs and things like that. But there are a lot of great multi beers that uh, that people have yet to discover just because. You know, they, they haven't got there yet. They, yeah, yeah, they're not there. Or on this. their journey. Especially <laughs> right. with the latest uh, trend, I guess you could say, which has been like IPAs and the like and yeah. craft beer. I mean, it's all just people are starting to get on their own routine there. And Yeah. So, I mean, I you know, it'd be nice, you know, I'll, I'll always have, we'll always have here a good uh, representation of some multi-styles too, even though we might not go through them as quickly. Um you know, for me personally, it's uh, it's you know something that hopefully we can lead the crusade and right. and uh, the the trends will start s- you know swinging around that way at some point. Oh but, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure from a different standpoint, you want a little bit of each style of beer to appeal to all the different types of people yeah. that do come by. Because I mean, that, that's just the name yeah, of the game. Absolutely. I feel like that's I feel like in terms of uh, um, places that you can get beer around here, I think that that that's what makes taste stand out is that they you guys have got a nice a little bit of everything going all over the place. Hands down. It's oh, definitely yeah. give, get, gotten me to understand different styles that I like more. Like, I might not have known the difference necessarily between stouts and porters, per se, or um, between the different, like, uh, you know, Scottish styles and, and browns. And, and you just, it's hard to distinguish that when you're not able to uh, have them all in a, in a setting where you can just try a little bit of it instead of, drinking a 12 ounce of something that you you know don't necessarily know or like that much you know yeah we, get, get yourself in on it kind of yeah. wean yourself onto it that's not the word you wean off how do you get on do you, wean you on? ease yourself in ease, ease yourself in, in. There, you there, you go. Go. there you go there you go there we go all right <laughs> so we just finished the what was it the sledgehammer sledge yeah so we've got we still got the comet that's the ipa the is comet that? is yeah it's a, a smash uh, IPA with Comet Hops. What's that um, last? The IPL? The, yeah, it's the uh, India Pale Lager. Um, the India Pale Lager. So, yeah, that that actually, from that one, I, I, if you want to try that one next. Yeah, that's probably From, right. from uh, my brewing standpoint, I'm actually happiest with the way that this one turned out. Um, I don't know. It's just a good, I mean, an IPL is essentially, you know, you're brewing an IPA. You can just go ahead and use some lager yeast with it, and you... Hmm. Um, you know, you just ferment it at lager temperatures, and I went ahead and dry hopped it. Um, so you get those IPA characteristics, but then you also get a cleaner, uh, you know, crisper finish yeah. with oh, that like, lager like yeast. Have a lager. Um, okay. So it's just, you know, I, I personally think that, um, you know, you see a lot of these brute IPAs out now where they're using champagne yeast in IPAs. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the IPLs have been out a while, you know, and, and I think that your brute's just kind of a, a next step almost yeah where you kind of go to a little more extreme as far as you're fermenting but um but yeah so i i don't know i i like i like this style this beer a lot it definitely has a i, I cheated i didn't cheers before i drank i'm sorry oh it's okay I'll yeah we can cheers, cheers now you. cheers cheers yeah yeah i love how it, i love how easy it goes down yeah how much flavor is still there that you wouldn't that I I don't personally have been I have not been able to pull out of loggers as much maybe I just haven't had really good loggers I'm sure I haven't um yeah I like that it's got that it feels like an IPA goes down goes down a little easier goes down very smooth and there yeah you can definitely taste the uh oh 
the characteristics of the different hops. I can't exactly name every particular set of hops, but I can definitely taste like a little citrus, maybe a little. Yeah, there's some uh, citrus and some of the the hops I use feature um, kind of more of a tropical fruit yeah. char- characteristic yeah, for sure. to them. Um, I use some. Uh, Oh, shoot. Well, I used actually some Comet in there, some Cashmere, and I believe one called Triple Pearl. <laughs> um, and, yeah, a few of those have a tendency to have a little more tro- of a tropical fruit character to them. So you get a little bit of that um, and a little citrus. Yeah, and then, I'm digging uh, it. And that clean finish with the lager. lager it, go- yeast. it goes down like a beach beer. Like, dare I say it's crushable? I say there's a shower beer. I careful, that's shower beer. careful. That's seven percent. I know, <laughs> yeah. over seven percent. Not saying you should, be, <laughs> you should be crushing, but you can. Yeah, that that one came in over seven percent. So. Goodness, over seven percent. It doesn't Oof. feel like it. Though. It's no. almost a, It's almost an imperial. It's getting Ooh. borderline imperial, but yeah. So. Hmm. Excellent. That'd be something an imperial lager. Hmm. Ah, that? it's it's been done. They're oh, out shit. there. <laughs> Holy cow. People have done stranger I, things. I'm not sure if I have the balls to drink something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, it's been done. So maybe I'll have to do one of those here soon. There we go. Ooh. Well, we've got what do we got now? The, the comet, the blueberry, and then the wee heavy. And the wee heavy. <laughs> it's just lingering. It's like the big elephant. Yeah, you got to finish with the oldest beer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna, we're just gonna just crush everything that we put in with that wee heavy. Um, Oof. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go for the blueberry. I, I was just about to say the blueberry because then the that. comment would be a nice segue. Nice in between. Yeah, a nice segue into, into the, the big beef. nasty. All right. So I believe that is yeah that one there. Hmm. Can definitely smell the blueberry. Ooh, that smells delicious. It does. Cheers. Cheers. Now see that's 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 about right. That's where it it's got a lot of it tastes like a beer and it's a good beer and then at the end you've got that little hint of blueberry. But it's a, it's just a, enough. it's a strong enough hint to say that's blueberry whereas something like um Oh, what's the one? Like I've had like tangerine beers, and it's like I bet there's tangerine in there, but I'm not getting the 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 punch of it. That is delicious. Yeah, I really really like that. Especially after I I just chewed it around a little bit, and you can definitely taste the blueberry more instead of just you know taking a straight gulp down. I think it takes a, a couple sips really. Um, you definitely yeah. it's definitely got a bigger blueberry nose to it. The flavor doesn't quite follow through as big. Um, you know, it's definitely I'm, there, though. I'll it's tweak subtle. it to make it a little more prominent. Um, Is this you know, your first batch? Of first one with the blueberry. Okay. So um, I was just trying to dial in what I what I use. So, um, so yeah, it'll get tweaked, and the blueberry will be more prominent in the future. No, but it still wrong, comes. It bad. still comes through. Um, but uh, also, I think with the style, with that pale ale style, I think the. A little bit of the bite of the pale ale probably just kind of causes that blueberry to fade a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll dose it. We'll dose it with more blueberries next time, and we'll get a little more pronounced flavor to it. That I've won't always, be a bad thing. That I've won't be wondered, bad at all. Do you actually put physical blueberries in the mix when you're doing all this? 
Uh, for the one barrel batch, yes. Um, hmm. You know, once you start thinking about scaling up, it gets a little bit tougher and you don't have to like messier. mash it or nothing. It's just oh, we uh, we it, it got run through and pureed. Um, oh, I see. So okay. I probably a little bit more than what I had wanted. I actually was. I asked that they be just kind of, you know, burst open a little bit, but it came back to me pureed. So, <laughs> you know. You ran with it, yeah. Yeah, we're, it's all going in, so. Right. Yeah. Well, I've always just been curious, like, you know, whenever they say, like, a milkshake beer or, you know, a blueberry beer, et cetera, et cetera. I've always wondered, like, do they actually put the shit different in places? There? Different places claim they do. Like, I know 450 says that they put a lot of fresh stuff in it, and I know there's another place around that does uh, – artificial flavoring so it's probably like sure. a like sugar it's concentrated yeah i mean they're there you know you can get a lot of uh, purees and things like that and extracts and you know there are people that have that are have a refined enough palate that will taste it and say yeah that's extract or yeah mm-hmm. that's fresh Holy cow. yeah i know i'm not i'm not one of those myself that's insane. But, 